When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're listening to the Auburn Express. What's up, everybody? It's your guy, Ike Jones. We are back with another Amen Corner. Talking a little SEC football. Can I get an amen? Amen. This is the Amen Corner podcast. A collection of SEC football fans from different SEC teams coming together to talk ball once a week. Powered by the War Report. Representing Georgia, Paul Meharry. Representing Florida, Kenny B. And representing Auburn, Ike Jones. You are now listening to... It always sounds so beautiful, man. We mm. are here. I'm gonna take Paul Meharry, Kenny B. Oh, excuse me, excuse me. Podcast P. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. My bad. Podcast P. Kenny B. We here, man. Uh, Talking a little bit. We haven't been here since the draft. And um, he said he was going to talk his thing if it happened. And it did happen. Quarterback from Florida, our guy Anthony Richardson, Kenny B, I don't even want to say no more, man. Go ahead, talk, man. I'm, this the floor is yours, man. Talk, talk mm, about hey. it. Tell us about Anthony Richardson, man. You know, as a Gator fan, you hope that he does. You know, I hope he goes to a, a good situation. I think he's in the best situation out of all the quarterbacks drafted in the first round. The um, best situation out of all the quarterbacks drafted in the absolutely. first round. Okay, let's talk. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I was going to just let you get like a whole soliloquy off, but you started off with a big statement. Let's pause. What quarterbacks were drafted in the first round? Where did they go? And why is Anthony Richardson's situation better than any of those other ones? So, of course, we know Bryce Young, number one overall draft pick to the Carolina Panthers. And uh-huh, we got man. Anthony Richardson that got drafted. Um, and then you have Ohio State. Why am I blanking right now? Uh, quarterback. Uh, CJ Stroud. CJ Stroud. Stroud. Okay, Stroud Texas. went where? He went to Texas. Texas. Okay. Were there any other quarterbacks round one? Were those only three? No, nah, that was a three. That was a three. Will Levis. I mean, Will Levis got picked that second. Yeah, no, nah, he wasn't first round. Draft. So you said, but I was yeah. I'm trying to qualify the statement that you make. Best situation for any quarterback drafted first round. All right. So why is his situation better than Carolina, Tennessee, or not Tennessee, excuse me, Houston? Houston. Go. I mean, anybody. when you look at it. To, usually, when you have a young 
quarterback, you really want to have a stable of athletes around. Okay. Um, the Colts have what was he was the number one rated running back two years ago. Um, yeah. Was injured last year, so you have Jonathan Taylor who is going to be the workhorse. Um, you also bring in a coordinator who has experience taking a mobile quarterback and putting him in a position to be successful, um, being that he was with the Eagles last year. And then you just have a plethora of weapons around. I mean, they drafted uh, was, they drafted Josh Downs. Um, they got Pittman still. Yeah, they got Pittman still. They got uh, Alec Pierce. Um, Isaiah, uh, Isaiah McKenzie, like they have a solid wide receiver core. Um, so, I mean, and the tight ends, I mean, you got um, Moali Cox, you got uh, another guy, um, the tight end from Miami, um, you, uh, Will Mallory, they drafted Jelani Woods. You have a good offensive line. You know, you got Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly, Brayden Smith. So you have the pieces around. And I think when you look at the Colts the last two or three years, they've been trying to just plug in a quarterback because they're like, look, we got everything mm-hmm. else. We need a quarterback. You get Phillip Rivers. Didn't work. You get uh, Carson Wentz. Didn't work. Matt Ryan. Didn't work. So now it's like, all right, man, we get another quarterback. So we got Anthony Richardson and we're good. Right. I mean, you you hope, you know what I'm saying? And uh, so I think uh, he's in the best situation. Okay. So I, I, I like everything that you're saying. I, I, I'm not sure what the situation is in Carolina. They weren't very good last year. Houston, not very good last year, right? Uh, so I, I won't debate you on whether or not he's in the best situation. My question for you, Kenny B, as a staunch Florida homer, what would have been the situation where he would have gone and you'd have been like, I don't like that for him? Uh, Man, me being a Raider fan. Because I feel like you could talk yourself into it being good oh, wherever he, he Of course he could. Of course. Oh, me <laughs> being a Raider fan? And people were like, oh, you want AR? I was like, no, sir. He ain't that. He's not the pro style quarterback. Okay. Turn around, read. So Las and- Vegas had drafted Anthony Rich, which they wouldn't have. They just got Jimmy G and paid him a bunch of money. So right. that wouldn't have happened. But still, you would have said, Las Vegas, nah, that's not a good fit for AR. No, nah, man. I think he's best used shotgun, um, pistol. You know what I'm saying? You have a straight running attack. You have time to read the defense. He can read the defense, but it's the turning the back around for two or three seconds to turn it around and got to make that quick boom, boom, boom. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where he struggled. At least he did with Florida um, and Billy Napier because Billy Napier, is his offense is all pistol play action stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think if you don't put him in that situation and don't, don't need him to be Superman, but just let him create if something breaks down, okay. I think uh, – Will be is the best situation for him, but yeah, coming to the Raiders, um, no, going to the Texans, um, same situation. Uh, they have some young pieces. I mean, it's a great young core. So maybe in like three years, the Texans probably going to be pretty good with the last year's draft and this year. Um, but first year, nah, I don't look, expect. Much. Look, I, the one thing I want to talk about Anthony Richardson is his thirteen-year-old brother has a deeper voice than all three of us combined. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. That's a grown man stuck in a young man's body right he definitely, there. He definitely <laughs> was up there. Uh, he was enjoying his little 15 minutes of fame he oh, got yeah. up there. Yeah, he was yeah, stunning with his brother on the red carpet. Not mad at the young man for getting out there flashing a little bit for him. Um, yeah, he, he, just to kind of piggyback off that real quick, Anthony Richardson, you know, I, I do think he probably went to the best, best overall out of those three teams. Um, 
Is he the best quarterback out of those three? I don't know. Do you draft him no. fourth? Ah, uh, no, he's not the best. No, he's, he's not, not the best quarterback drafted in the first. round. That's a different conversation. Yeah, right. Bryce Young's still the best quarterback, I think, Absolutely. in the first round of that draft. And I could make an argument that C.J. Stroud will probably have a better career than Bryce Young. We could debate that. I don't know. Well, that's but what I was going to think. He holds say, up put, better. Let's put something to paper here. Out of those three first round quarterbacks, real quick, who's going to have the best career? So we the look at career. Like, we look at I this. Mean, how, where are we gauging that? Like ten years later, we're going to come back and now. say ten years from now. Yeah, I mean, ten years from now, we'll be you know a million dollar worth of game status. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so, no, let's let's okay, let's let's make it easier to judge who has the best rookie season of those three because all three of them will get significant snaps in their rookie year. Of the three quarterbacks drafted in the first round, C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson, who has the best rookie season? Probably Bryce because he's gonna definitely start. He's for you don't sure think CJ start. starts. I, I don't think I, he might. I heard they're going with um the the Panthers going with their uh their vet on the on the team. Yeah, I've seen that, brother. but I, I think. But before yeah. the end of the season, but okay, he'll be before, a starter. Yeah, like who, who's looking the best by the end of the year? I, I think CJ Stroud, man. I like CJ too, man. I think he'll have mm-hmm. more. I think he'll have more um the more of the option to be like with the Colts, I think it's mm-hmm. it's Jonathan Taylor show. You know what I'm saying? Um mm-hmm. featuring AR AR fifteen right now. Like they're gonna hand the ball off to my man's twenty four seven. I think CJ Stroud is in a situation where yeah, they're gonna hand it to Damian Pierce, another gator by the way. Um <laughs> and but he has good uh <laughs> he has good young talent around him. So they'll probably air it out a lot more, especially in that division where they're very tough on the run and the trenches are, you know, really hard. So um, I think CJ probably have more of the more of the uh, ability to have the yards and touchdowns and things like that. Okay, I, I, I agree with you. All right. So now let's expand this conversation to include the other SEC quarterbacks who were drafted. All right, so let's just talk SEC quarterbacks who got drafted. Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, uh, Stetson Bennett, and Hendon uh, Hooker. Who has the best rookie campaign of any SEC quarterback drafted? Because some of these guys probably aren't going to play, right? So we can, but like who of those guys just named will have the best rookie season, best rookie showing? Man, I think uh, again. I, I think is AR because they said Ooh. he's. I mean, they said pretty much like, "Hey, if he's coming in. We're going to throw him in the fire." You know, he's no. Bryce Young and Anthony Richardson are the two that are definitely going to play their rookie season. Right, right? like without a doubt, those two play. I think Will Levis plays because I think that Tennessee. Like they're out of Tennessee, just doesn't know what they want to do at quarterback right now. Like they're they're drafting quarterbacks like every two years, clearly. But I think Will Levis plays his rookie season. I'm not sure Hendon Hooker or Stetson play their rookie nah. season very much. Now, if Stetson, for some reason, you know, we don't want nobody to get hurt, but if you Herbert, think Stetson, you think Stetson gets in the two deep? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it was, it's yeah, it's literally him and Matthew Stafford over there on the Rams. That's it. Right. That's it. That's it. So if Stafford goes down for any reason, I think he jumps to being, you know, in the best situation um, because they're they're running, they're going to pass the ball. Like, they're open up, throw it, spread you out type thing. So 
He'll have the ability. And I think his athletic ability is really going to shine for him. Um, you know, I'm gonna, I don't want to put like a Steve Young thing on him type thing. But uh, as far as his athleticism, I think it's very underrated. You just did you just say Steve Young is such a Yeah, because league? when you you know Steve he, he Young, said, that's what he said. I don't want to. That's what I'm saying. I don't want to put. I don't, don't want to. But you just you did like the, you. You said <laughs> I don't want to put that on him, but you didn't have to bring that shit up. If you, like there was no no there was no reason at all. Steve Young didn't even play for the Rams, no, right? It wasn't like I was related to another Ram. Right handed. I mean, Steve Young was under center his entire career. Like there's nothing. You, yeah. But you just you just had to bring up. I don't want to put yeah. Steve Young on Stetson Bennett, but. Damn. I like I like Stetson. I like Stetson mobility. I like his uh So you his, just it was the first mobile quarterback that you could think yeah, of. Yeah, like, like you know, mobile, that one that where their athleticism was like, oh wow. You know, he can scoot a little bit type thing where he isn't now the Steve Young was a legit running quarterback. Let's be yeah. clear. Steve yeah. Young had wheels for, for that day and age. Like I he, yeah, he ain't got for wheels that day now. He probably could run down yeah. now, but still. Exactly. But, but no, nah, Stetson, Stetson's got wheels too. He definitely Stetson, is an yeah. underrated part of his game. And I think he, I think he went to a really, really good situation for him because, like Kenny said, Stafford goes down, and we've seen Stafford go down. You know, like he's he's not, uh, he's getting up chicken. there in age. He's not a spring yeah. chicken. Stetson yeah. and and apparently yeah. the the Rams, McVay and their quarterbacks coach and all those guys absolutely love Stetson. Like they were in love with him. No reason not uh, to. Yeah. So you know, you look at that and you're like, hey, Stetson. If if Stafford falls, Stetson's the guy. I just, I just wonder if any of these quarterbacks, like, like I said, in, in ten years from now, are we talking about any of these guys besides saying, "Hey, man, they all busted out." Like, mm. yeah, you know, I, I, there's, there's not like next year, right? You got Caleb Williams, where you're like, Ooh. "Man, that dude right there, bar none, he, he's taking it." All these quarterbacks this year, it's like, I could right. see them doing all right, but at the same time, I could see all of them not getting a fifth year option. Mm. You know, Drake May next year. I'm like, man, that kid's pretty good. You know, like, yeah, yeah, he is. yeah, yeah. But none of these kids, like Bryce Young, yeah, but he's short. C.J. Stroud, he didn't run at all at Ohio State. Uh, Will Levis has accuracy issues. Anthony Richardson could be the next Michael Vick, or he could be the next Jamarcus Russell. Like, there's such a wide variety that could happen with him. Um, yeah. And then Hendon Hooker's old with ACL. Stetson Bennett's old. Does he even get a shot to play? Um, you know, like, th- there's not a quarterback to me in this draft. And then you start talking about the other guys that aren't SEC guys. None of those guys impressed me. Uh, I don't know. If we look back on this in 10 years, and be like, bro, there just wasn't a guy here. But it, teams are so needy for a quarterback that you have to draft one. For, I mean, hell, didn't the um, – the the Panthers just took Malik Willis, right? Am I tripping? The um, Titans did. Titans Tennessee did. Titans, Titans did. Third, third round draft yeah. pick. Yeah, they took uh, they took yeah. they, t- they took Malik Willis, and then this year, the next year, they take Will Levis. Like, yeah, man. and you and still have Tannehill. Yeah, and you still have Tannehill. Like that's why <laughs> yeah. this this league is so. You have to find that quarterback, man. And teams are going to continue to strike for these guys. I don't know what's going to come of it. Um, I think. Anthony Richardson's probably the most to me, like I really want to follow his career because he he's the he has the most boomer bust in this whole draft. Yeah. He's got the pieces around him in, in Indy. Like he does. Jonathan Taylor, Pittman, all the I mean, he's got some dudes up there. That offensive line's not bad, but 
it's sink or swim big time. Like there's, I don't, I don't see like a, a eight year career where it's like, yeah, he does all right. You know, like it's either like he's out of the league in two years or he's going to be damn near close to hall of fame. Like there's, there's no, it's going, it, so, like, very much like how Cam Newton was where very it's like, much. Yeah. yeah. He comes yeah. in and he lights it up. Then he's going to kind of live off of that for a little while. Yep. But once he hits that decline, it's pretty much over. Yep. Yeah, man. I just hope he, uh, he stayed. My my biggest thing with AR man is just his uh wanting to not make mistakes. Like I mean, you don't want to make mistakes, but like when you're thinking like, all right, I don't want to make this mistake. Don't want to mess this up. Right. And I think he has that. He doesn't have that. Man, let it go. Next play. Throw the throw the same ball, the same route. Trust your guys. So hopefully he he develops that. Um, because other than that, I mean, I think he'll be straight. Hopefully. All right, so so let's talk about the rest of the guys in the Florida draft class. How'd you feel that Florida guys did as far as where they landed? Who outside of Anthony Richardson? Just give me like two guys who you're like, yeah, this is this is a guy that you're gonna want to look out for rookie season, tearing it up. Um, I like Javon Dexter, um, going to Chicago Bears. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he is going to be a day one guy for them. Um. Mm-hmm. Let me see who else. Uh, Paul does not agree with that. We'll get Paul's thoughts on that in a minute. Continue. Um, I like Osiris Torrance um, going to Buffalo. Okay. Uh, I think that's a really good pick. Um, I was surprised by Ventrell Miller getting picked to the Jags um, in round four. I thought he was going to go a little bit later. I think he'll be a a good um, run-stuffer type guy, but I don't know if he's a three-down wide receiver and then um Amari Bernie man uh getting picked to my Raiders. Uh I've been giving Amari Bernie hell for the last three years. Mm. Last year he uh he played a lot better um last year. So hopefully you know he comes in and, and fills a spot special teams and maybe so you like, got you, know, you have an opportunity to continue giving him hell yeah. in his professional career. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah. I, I like um, it when it works out like that. Okay, and, let's and uh Georgia. let's head let's head and talk to Paul about Georgia's draft. And, yeah, man. Uh, uh eight million guys that they had drafted this year. Highest guys drafted again. They had 10 guys uh, tied with Alabama this year, 10 picks. Um, you know, the the kind of the whole thing was Jalen Carter, right? How far was he gonna fall? And unfortunately, right. uh for my Falcons, he was well, fortunately for my Falcons, he was there at eight. That's what I say. He was there. Yeah, they just unfortunately, chose not to they decided uh, to running not back pick him and go with Bijan. Yeah, man. Running uh, back. I was shocked that there were two running backs that went in the first round of this draft. Let me just say uh, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Jameer Gibbs at number twelve to the Lions is crazy when you have and two in the top fifteen. Like, let's be clear. For, not just first round. Two in the top fifteen. And, and you they gave, had to, yeah. They and you gave to. you gave Swift away for a bag of cheese. It's in the seventh round pick, which is crazy. Uh, I, well, look, I like to say before that happened, right when they drafted Jameer Gibbs, I tweeted, "If I'm the Eagles, I'm calling the Lions right now to get Swift," and it happened. So Swift, we, yeah, we're gonna touch. I think we need to touch on the Eagles and uh, at the Athens Eagles. I was about um, to say because that's pretty much they're just pretty much going to draft all Georgia players. But there was this point in time where Baltimore seemed like that's all they wanted was Bama players. And now the Eagles feels like they just want a bunch of Georgia uh, kids to play up there. Yeah, and the Eagles take uh, the Eagles take Alabama offense and Georgia defense, and it seems to work out for them. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But Jalen Carter was there at eight. They didn't take him. He ended up falling number nine to the Eagles like we talked about. Uh, 
I think Broderick Jones to the Steelers at number 14 was uh, just a match made in heaven. Uh, he, he's going to he's gonna ball out there. Nolan Smith in the uh, first round, late in the first round, number 30 to the Eagles again. Uh, there was talk that the Falcons were trying to jump up to the first round. And, and in my head, in my it's, as much as I love it, that's what I'm going to go with, that they were trying to go back for Nolan Smith and the, <laughs> the Eagles took him. I don't know who they were trying to get, but hopefully it was Nolan. Um, so those are your three guys in the first round. Georgia didn't have anybody go in the second round, which we thought was, uh, I thought was going to be um, Darnell Washington and Keely Ringo, which I thought Darnell even had first round grade. Uh, Darnell was the biggest faller of the draft, went in round three, number 93 to the Steelers. Um, and there was word that got out, and I, I love how this game of telephone plays it in the NFL, that his knees were swollen at the combine. And so that was the reason that he fell. And it's like, look, man, the dude's 6'8", 270, running a 4'6", jumping damn 40 inches in the air. Like, I would probably expect his knees to swell a little bit. Like, he's not meant to do this. He's meant to be, like, working he's, in a construction area. Like He's supposed to have them lineman uh, braces on, that's why. Yeah, like, either lineman braces or, like, working in a construction area with a hard hat on. Like, he's not meant to do this type of stuff. He's, he's a grown man. So he falls. Um, and I, I think, again, the Steelers luck up right there. You can put Broderick Jones in and then – Put Darnell Washington right next to him at tight end, and and just I was really up. hoping the 49ers were going to draft Darnell Washington. By the way, I'm a big 49ers fan. We've got the tight ends that have been a big part of our offense. George Kittle. I, I was hoping they would draft Darnell Washington, and it did not happen. So my hope a, now is that Bowers goes there next year. But anyway, there, continue. There was a lot of teams, man, that drafted a lot of tight ends in round two and three. They're going to look back on this and say, "Damn, man, I can't believe we we listened to that and." You know, his knees were swollen. Then you drop down to Keely Ringo in the fourth round, who, again, he was another big faller. Um, and had he had he played any safety at Georgia, I think he probably would have been the first safety off the board. But he mm-hmm. is going to the Eagles again uh, as a corner. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they, they let him try to play some safety, though, um, because yeah. they have they have some really good corners. And, and Howie Roseman said, yeah, you know, we're not going to rush him into the fire, stuff like that. We've got Bradbury and Slay. But I would give him a shot at, at safety, see what he does. Then Georgia went on a run in the fifth round, 170, 173, 174. Chris Smith to the Raiders. There you go, Kenny. You got a safety. Um, <laughs> Robert Beal to your 49ers. There you go. You got a yeah. little special teams guy. And then Warren McClendon goes to the Rams, who he got drafted way too late, kind of like how Sawyer did last year to the Chargers. He's going to end up starting on the Rams. Uh, and folks are going to look at that. And then they had their last guy drafted in the seventh round, almost right there at the end. Uh, Kenny McIntosh went to the Seahawks. So Kenny McIntosh uh, not getting drafted to the seventh until the seventh round was surprising to me as well. Yeah, his forty yeah. time, uh, forty time really hurt him, man. Um, but didn't drop a pass in in college. So. I mean, listen, bro, like I, I don't, I, and I get it, right? Like we're gonna talk about my Tigers that got drafted, and we're gonna, and I'm yep. gonna bring up a guy who was a combine standout, and that's the reason I feel like he got drafted where he he did. But I just hate that people put so much stock in this. Like, turn on the film. Like, let's be like, let's be serious. Watch right. Kenny McIntosh play football and tell me he's not better than a seventh round draft pick. Like, and let's be serious about it. I mean, uh, Keyshawn Boutte from LSU drafted number one eighty seven. Kid was a freak. 
Yeah. DeMarco Hellams drafted seventh round from Alabama to the Falcons. That's, was, that, he, the, the Falcons got a good one with Hellams. I've been a fan of Hellams for a while. That's and what I'm saying. You, you, play, you play safety at Alabama for two or three years. Like, yeah. you, you're and he's good. a thumper, too. Like yeah. He's going to yeah. come down and, and, and really hit some people. You know, but these the NFL man, it's 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 a different breed. They're always trying to find that their guy, right? And so, um, you when you have a guy like Kenny McIntosh staring you in the face every time you turn on George's film, you're like, man, that's I don't know, man, I don't know if that's our guy. Well, Seattle took a chance on him in the seventh round, uh, and it paid off for him. Two guys go undrafted free agents: uh, Kiaris Jackson to the Titans, and then uh, Jack Pod. Oh man, I don't know where he went. The kicker. Uh, that's gonna kill me. But uh, he got he got a uh, undrafted free agent as well. So um, congrats to him. But yeah, overall for Georgia, a really good draft. I thought they were gonna have some more guys in the second and third round, and they did. But uh, three guys in the first round, and the next year, boy, <laughs> next year gonna be back at it again. So uh, better hold tight. Them, uh, them Auburn Tigers, though, I, I was watching the draft. Right, man. They were flying off the board. Yeah, I was like, man, man. Half five, half yeah, five was, guys get drafted. I you was know? watching the draft, and uh, I saw on on uh, second night, Friday night, saw Derek Hall come across Derek my Hall. screen, and I said, whoa. Yeah. I, thought Ike, I thought Ike Jones there. I said, look at him. Yeah, man. Right. Derek Hall went to the – listen, again, 49ers fan. Not happy about the destination, but happy for my guy Derek Hall heading up to Seattle – Second round, 37th pick overall. Um, is that a little high for him? I thought that he had second round. T- I thought okay. that second okay. round is right where he was. Like, they were. there were projections that had him at the end of the first round, which I thought was a little high. Okay. But second round is probably right where he should have been drafted. The guy yeah. who got drafted for me later than what I thought he was going to be was Colby Wooden. He's a fourth round guy. But Tank Bigsby was the next guy off the board going to Jacksonville, which I think yeah. of the guys who got drafted, mm. that's a good spot for him. Yes, Absolutely. Uh, Tank in Jacksonville is going to be amazing in that offense, and he doesn't have to be the guy. He can come and be like a a, a second, uh, but he's another guy who, um, forty times not amazing, right? So that, that they, he didn't wow anybody with his speed, which you can see that on tape. He doesn't present on tape like he's some sort of breakout, breakaway home run threat. But man, runs tough. He's going to fit in really well with that Jacksonville offense. Kobe Wooden was next in the fourth round to the Packers. Um, at 116. Then Owen Papo, this is the guy I was teasing about, like, hey, yeah, Combine like helped him, right? Because round five, and, and, and let's be clear, Owen had a lot of tackles in his career at Auburn, right? Like, so I'm not trying to, to say that Owen's not going to be a good pro, uh, but he's got some deficiencies in his game where he's missing tackles, he's been injured a lot. Um, so, you know, him getting into the fifth round um, is is really met, but mostly off off of his athleticism, man. He's freaking four three guy playing at the linebacker position. It's gonna be interesting to see what they try to do with him. Can we say you're players. you're a can we can we say you're an Owen Papo hater or no? Yeah, you could say that. Okay, I, I'm just wondering because because I, I like him. I, like I mean, I, I I like him. I just don't know. Like, so for every guy who got drafted. Other than Anders Carlson, who was round six kicker to uh, Green Bay. So the other four guys that got drafted, you know, for our channel, I do little cut-ups, right? So I just go and I get clips of them and try to, and I put like a little YouTube short together on some some quick highlights for them, right? I was going to do this whole draft profile thing where I was showing like, you know, things they do well, things they do poorly. And I got to Owen's film and I j- it just made me frustrated again watching him miss tackles where mm. he had people dead to rights. And I was just like, and and he just flat out 
did not tackle. And I was just like, oh my God. Like, I hated watching him whiff on tackles consistent because he was always where he was supposed to be. And it was a 50-50 proposition whether or not he was going to actually make the tackle. And that frustrated me watching his tape. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm not, so haters probably not appropriate. I just want to see Owen actually live up to all of the athletic potential he has because he can, he can absolutely fly around. Um, and then there, there are people who think, oh, he could maybe convert and play safety. I'm telling you right now, he's not a coverage guy. So he's going to, he's going to have to be a linebacker and he's going to have to be in a good situation where they understand how to utilize his speed appropriately. Not, I'm not super familiar with Arizona and their defensive uh, stuff right now. They were, pretty awful last year so um i don't, I don't know if he comes in and helps them immediately but he will have an opportunity guy right kind of a special he will definitely free. be a special yeah. teams guy to they start may off. they may slide him in with uh isaiah simmons i mean they, yeah, I, don't, they see, I think they just it I, they either they're his fifth year. right they declined his fifth year option so i'm like is he gonna be the replacement is that what they're thinking we're gonna replace simmons with this kid mm. we'll see I like Simmons. I love Simmons when he came out, but he just hadn't really produced. But yeah, great. But great I, I think that they're very similar in they're they're tweeners, right? Like the safety linebacker tweener guy. So I think that's kind of what they want um, to be able to plug into that defense. So we'll see. I mean, we'll see. I I really do hope Owen has a great season, except for when they play the 49ers. Um, so huh. yeah. What about uh, before we get off this draft stuff? The SEC obviously had the most. Uh, Picks again, 62. Big 10 was up there with 55. And then it dropped down pretty heavily to ACC 32, Big 12, 30, mm. uh, Pac 12, 27. But uh, SEC, once again, man. It yeah. means more. <laughs> um, and, and another thing, too, uh, two-time reigning national champion uh, Georgia Bulldogs, guys. Uh, just want to let you know they set two new records for most players selected across two drafts, 25, and three drafts, 34. So uh I mean since yeah, we're yeah. talking about records, uh shout out to the Gators <laughs> for having uh 12, 12 years. It's a streak, 12 years having a defensive lineman drafted. Um they have the active longest streak for defensive linemen. And <laughs> every draft that's ever been had for the NFL, a Gator has been picked, one of three schools, um, to do it in the whole country. So, you know, that's I guess. Yeah, I mean, those are those are cool stats. I think my two stats that I gave you were a little bit uh, more superior. But I mean, I guess if you're going recency, then that's fine. Yeah, I mean, y'all got it. Y'all y'all been hot the last two or three years. Cool. Um, And then also (laughs) the the other crazy, the other crazy thing, uh, the Alabama getting the first offensive player taken and the first defensive player taken. Yeah. Uh, So Texans gave up a lot to get Will Anderson a lot. Uh, so we'll see how that plays out for them. Moving back up, which was crazy. Uh, cause crazy. there's a, there's a series and I haven't seen it. I've seen it like on social media and stuff like that. Just clips of it where I guess they were following around the Colts for the draft. Have you watched mm-hmm. that Kenny? Uh, I've seen some snippets of different yeah, things. So like there's well. snippets of it and the Colts, uh, were pretty scared about that third round, that third pick. They thought their guy was going to be gone, Anthony Richardson. And then they found out that the uh, Texans had traded back up to number three. And they were, you know, relieved, obviously, because they took C.J. Stroud. So, um, you know, it's it just kind of wild that the Texans felt they had to move to, I guess they had to move to number three to get Anderson, even though the Colts were going to go with Richardson at four. So, yeah. 
Yeah, I thought I thought the Colts actually were going to move up to three because you never know who's going to jump there, um, right? Jump up there, but and if they're if AR's their guy, then that was it because you have quarterback, quarterback. All of a sudden, the heat's on. So if you're mm-hmm. at eight, nine, and you need a quarterback, you're like, yo, <laughs> we got it. We mm-hmm. might have to pay. Now, before, like I said, before we got off the draft real quick, I, I just want to ask Kenny one question. Does it hurt knowing that you had the fourth overall pick, 1.4, Anthony Richardson, first round, and just didn't do anything in Gainesville? No, man, because... Uh, it doesn't hurt. That doesn't sting at all, because like Bryce Young did his thing in Alabama, C.J. Stroud did his thing in Ohio State. The next quarterback is Anthony Richardson. He's your guy, and... I'm not going to say he's he shit the bed, in, but he, he pissed the bed. In, in he's he's coming into a brand new system, a system that's not uh, as conducive to his abilities as. So you think if Dan team. Mullen was there another season, AR has a better final year? I think so. Okay. Now, as far as team success, who knows? You know, my man had the my man <laughs> the the wheels been fell off the track, but as far as individual, you know, RPOs, real quick hits. Um, I think AR would have benefited a lot more in Dan Mullen's system uh, just because it's like right in your face. So if AR was at Bama, you know, in a shotgun, 100%, he would have been straight. If he was at Ohio State to where you got to guard literally everybody and, you know, pick whoever you want to get a ball to in a spread, he would have been good. But um, him and that pistol play action thing, it just wasn't. It just wasn't the the greatest fit. But it is. It is for Graham Mertz. All yeah, right. I was about to say, Graham Mertz is going to be the Graham Mertz. Oh, no, wait, wait, hold on. Wait, wait, Graham wait, wait, wait. Not Graham Mertz. Play action because you guys want Casey Thompson now, right? Because that's... Uh, I mean, apparent- if, if, if he wants to come and bestow his, his great gifts in the city of Gainesville, then I would be more than happy. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, now I'm not going to let you slide off of this, because <laughs> you told us Graham Mertz, all he needed was, you know, he could be the guy. And you yeah. you, you tried to convince us that was a thing. Oh, the yeah. And Casey Thompson hit the portal. Amen. Lo and behold, you go to Twitter and none other 
then Kenny B, mm, what do you say, is petitioning uh, for one Casey uh, Thompson to yeah. come down to Gainesville. Explain oh, yourself, young man. Explain I mean, to me it's, it's, when you look at it. You know, you have iPhone 13, and it's great. <laughs> it does everything you want it to do. Wait a minute, hold on, pause. But, you know, continue. But I, I, I need to know who's the iPhone 13 in this scenario. But continue. The iPhone 13 is Mertz. You know what I'm no, saying? Mertz is, is an iPhone 5, brother. No, 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 iPhone 13. Mertz is an iPhone 13 family. iPhone, iPhone 12 Mini, right? You know, it's, it's solid. You know what I'm saying? It has some cool little bells and whistles. It'll get, it'll get the job done. But then a 14 max come out, you're like, hey man, I don't know. Casey Thompson is a 14 max? I mean, look, compared to everybody else in the room. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. Yeah, man. But again, it's so what you're saying is so what you're saying is situation. It's the the offense that they run it. So he can come, Thompson can come in and from running a spread. Which he's he's rumored to be going to FAU right now, by the way, but continue. That's crazy. But um, yeah. <laughs> if it's a if you're in a spread, then it's different. But Mertz is more of a a uh, pro, pro style. style. Used to, yeah. used to turn around. Well, that's what we that's what we've seen him do, right? Before yeah, and now, I, so. I think he been. I think he's better. He'll be better in the system, mm-hmm. but he's not going to be. He I don't expect him to break off eighty yard runs and forty oh, yard no. runs and shake people and jump and flip and I don't expect that. I expect him to. Be able to read the defense, hit that that guy at, at yard twelve. You know what I'm saying? Hit that guy. I don't need you to throw it 80 yards in the air. Hit that guy on the five yard out. Hit the guy on the comeback. Those are the passes that AR was missing. Mm-hmm. The little wheel out the backfield. The little over the middle, 12 yards. He got the line, the wide receiver jumping 10 feet in the air. No, nah, man. Give it to him in space. Let him catch it and make something happen. So uh, and you and you think Graham Mertz is gonna be the guy to do that for you, but Casey Thompson would have taken you to the promised land. I am hoping Graham Mertz does it. And if Thompson would have come, it would have been like maybe he's a better passer than AR, but he has some athletic more athleticism than Mertz. So mm-hmm. you know, you would just hope that you know what I'm saying? It'll gotcha. it'll check out. But got you. I don't think he's coming. He ain't been there yet. No, nah, like I said, right now the rumor is that he is headed to Florida Atlantic, uh, reuniting with his former uh, OC, I think, down there. Uh, or Tom Herman, was, uh, the, his former coach, is who's got an FAU right now. So that's Tom where Herman, the rumor is. Tom Herman fell off from being Texas head coach. He's now FAU's OC. No, he's the, he's the head coach down there. I think, oh, okay. I was about right to now. say, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's still, a, that's still a fall, but it's not as bad. Hey, listen, man. Uh, hey, Lane Kiffin wanna, was at FIU for a little while, so I ain't true, gonna... true. I want to talk about this. Uh, so we had our first win totals. Uh, yeah, DraftKings. DraftKings yeah. decided they wanted to go put some early futures out there for the SEC uh, win totals. And let, let's let's take a look at what we got going on for these win totals. Um, of course, the reigning, as Paul would like to say, two-time reigning. National champs yep. at uh yep, yep. eleven and a half is That's the crazy. number. That's crazy. Yeah. They, I, I mean, you're you're bet like if you go look at Georgia's schedule, every game is probably a double digit spread. Yeah, but to bet the over an eleven and a half on is anybody nuts. is nuts. Crazy. Yeah, like you better be like I don't even know if back in the day, like my, those Miami teams, if they were at eleven and a half, I, I would have taken the over. Yeah. Like 11 and a half, you, all you have to do is like if, if I because I love to bet. Right. So yeah. I'm looking at this from a pure betting perspective. 
the under is, is probably the play there because all they have to do is slip up one I'd stay time. away from that line completely. But yeah. all they have to do is slip. They just had to slip up one time, bro. And Jacksonville would be perfect. Jacksonville, you, I mean, hell, Missouri last year, they almost lost to Missouri. Like, yeah. you playing, you, Auburn could come at you a different angle. Um, 11 and a half is, is I, I, I would stay away from 11 and a half. Like, it, I, I would stay away from that one completely. Like, if there was one team I would just absolutely not bet, it would be Georgia. Um, Bama at 10 and a half, which is, I don't know. No way. Nine and a half Listen. for Tennessee is, is uh, interesting. Uh, nine and a half for LSU, seven and a half for Ole Miss, seven and a half for Arkansas, seven and a half for Texas A&M, which is interesting. Uh, and then it drops. And then, yeah. it, then you got six and a half. Six and a for, half for South half Carolina, Kentucky, Missouri, Mississippi State, Auburn. They have Florida at five and a half mm. and Vandy at three and a half. So Florida, according to DraftKings, will be the second worst team in the SEC the second or excuse me the second worst team in the SEC East and overall in the SEC with Vandy coming in at the worst that's crazy what do you say so so Kenny five and a half I mean Vegas knows what they're doing right so what are you doing you doing over that's nuts you taking the over you guys getting definitely getting at least six wins next year bowl eligible we're definitely getting six years six wins let me tell you man Billy got the boys it's a thing going around called it's personal that's the mm. that's the thing this year. It's oh, personal. That's, that's the slogan. That's the slogan for the year. It's I can't personal. wait to talk to Billy Napier so, uh, at uh, SEC Media Days. I'm going to ask him about it being. Or he's, he better talk about it being personal. I want to. He said it first. He the first one that started. Mm. And, and the guy's just been. Well, it, it's it's pretty damn personal for him because if if he if it's not, he's going to lose his ass. He's going to lose the job <laughs> this year. So it's pretty. No, personal. Man, I mean, as long I think uh, he has to do better than five six wins. Um, I think, like I said. I think eight wins. Oh, you think Florida gets to eight wins? I think we'll get this. So, I mean, when you look at it last year, we lost other than UGA. UGA, you know, spanked us. But um, all the other losses were seven points or less, except Kentucky. I think they kicked a late field goal. And Florida State, I think they kicked like three seconds left, like to rub it in type thing. But all the losses were winnable games. It's just we didn't make that last play. Or those are games that AR just stunk it up. You know what I'm saying? Like, just played absolutely terrible ball. So I think if we're just consistent, we don't have to be great. If we're just consistent, I think we can get eight. I mean, because you look at Vandy. Look at your schedule right now. Looking at your schedule right now, and I'll give you four. This guy is disrespectful. No, I'll give you four. I'm cussed. Okay, okay. Let's run run through it real quick because we're talking about over-unders here. Florida, Utah. You at Utah. That's a loss. That's a win. Cam, uh, the dude's hurt. His uh, his Cam his, Warren? his um, Cam yeah, Ryan. man. His, right. his, uh, oh, right. ACL, yeah, right. his ACL is gone. So yeah. So you count that as a win? Okay, I'm counting that as a Absolutely. loss. Absolutely. McNeese State. That's a win. Duh. Win. Yeah. Uh, Tennessee. That's a loss. No, nah, I don't know, man. We we played them better than a lot of teams. Keep me off the show, man. You have to show. But, I, but I, I'll, I'll, I'll give you Tennessee. I'll be nice and give you Tennessee. Okay, all right. Uh, Charlotte's, Charlotte's a win. Okay, so there's yeah. three. K- at Kentucky? Yes. That's a win? Yes. Not He's yeah. not a big fit believer in Leary in Kentucky, I see. Wow. All right. 
Okay, so then so then what you're saying is Vanderbilt's a win too. So you're six and oh, brother. There you go. You got him in the oh, first five and team. one. He said he was going to give you Tennessee. Oh, you gave me Tennessee. Okay, yeah, my yeah. bad. So five and one. Now, so you go to South Carolina. That what's that? That's a dub. Okay, six and one. Wow. Mm, at South Carolina with the dub. Georgia, Florida. Georgia, Florida. You're six and two. I'll give us the. I'll give us the L. Okay, six and two. Uh, Arkansas comes to town. I think we'll get Arkansas. Seven and two. Uh, you're going to LSU. Yeah, I don't think so. Seven and three. <laughs> Okay, Harold then you're going. Then you're, if Harold Perkins is is gone. Then hopefully, but then you're, you're then you're going to Missouri. So you're seven and three going to Missouri. I think we could beat Missouri. Eight and three, uh, and then you got Florida, Florida State. That's a. I, it's at Florida. I, I yeah, I think we'll beat um, Florida State. I think we'll beat Florida State because last year it took them a lot just to win by. So this Gators team is nine and three. We literally. Kenny, this Gators I mean, team is nine and three. I give you eight, eight to eight to nine. I think we bleat Florida State this year. I mean, when you look at the game last year, we literally sacked and threw Travis down. He just kept his balance and ran it in like three times. It was like it was an anomaly, like freakish type stuff that happened that game. And then Vanderbilt, Florida State's game, better this year though. You don't think Florida State's better this year than they were last year? I don't know, year? man. It depends on who stays. They, them kids in the portal, like. Them boys is uh the Florida State um Buffaloes in Colorado right now. <laughs> Le- Colorado, Colorado Seminoles. Look, so <laughs> if there's any ladies listening to this podcast, find you a man that loves you like Kenny loves these gators. Yeah. <laughs> and you will never, never yeah. need more. You will never need more. Hey, I'll give us eight. I'll give us eight. I <clears throat> you know we may drop, we may drop one. I'll I like to see the the identity of this team. You know what I'm saying? Because with Mullen, we knew we weren't going to lose certain teams and we knew what games were going to be struggles. Uh, even last year, like in the Kentucky game, we gave them 17 points just off the whim and they only won by seven. Like, it's stuff like that. We're like, all right, man, like, just don't give, don't give another team 17 points off turnovers and you probably win that game. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's little stuff like that. Mm. And we're, we're going to be running the ball a lot. Like, we, we're, hopefully we get this kid from Houston to transfer us on campus right now. So we'll have a three-headed monster next year um, with Trayon Webb. So hopefully we'll be running, toting that thing, and it'll be enough. And, you know, get the ball out. So we got weapons now. You know, we made a kid hit the portal. I don't want to say we made a kid the portal. But we got a kid hit the portal. And uh, we got younger, faster guys, catch, run, all the stuff. So all right. on paper. Kenny, I like it. Eight and four at worst, nine and three potentially for the Florida Gators, smashing the over. Now, I oh man, yeah, I'm a, I'm gonna have to go to a state where betting legal so I can put that in. Mm. <laughs> I will take look, look. I will be your bookie. What, how how, <laughs> how much like do you that. want to do? I'm, I'm putting I'm putting a hundred on a hundred over where on, over, over what over sports. what over what. Over 5.5. Over five and a half. I, Easy I, money, says Kenny, at the five and a half right now. Money. Book it. If easy. you are on DraftKings right now, Kenny says, easy money, take the Florida Gators at five easy and a half. Easy money. Okay, easy. I want to talk about, about the six and a half teams, though, because it's interesting. We got we got South Carolina six and a half, Kentucky six and a half, Missouri six and a half, Miss State six and a half, and then your Auburn Tigers six yeah. and a half. Yeah. Which one of these five teams ends up because they're all not going to go six and six or you know who who's going to be the 
the team that jumps out of there and what happens with your Auburn Tigers, Ike? Um, I would take I take the over for Auburn at six and a half. Um, I think seven is probably a good number for Auburn right now. I haven't seen what it how it all comes together. I think seven's a good number for Auburn to be able to get to next season. Um, the rest of these guys, I haven't looked at their schedule enough. I, I'm not a believer in anything that's happening in Missouri. Um, I'm not a big believer in Miss State. Yeah, Mississippi State. I just don't know what what like what are they going to look like next season. Yeah, man. Kentucky. Now, uh, if Kentucky, Devin Leary is good, right? Then, Kentucky is the only one I could see that that I would say all right. Besides Auburn, and then South Carolina. I think South Carolina found lightning in a bag last year. So lightning in a bottle. So yeah, I, I mean Kentucky, South Carolina is trending in the right direction with the, the upcoming draft class, but that has absolutely nothing to do with this season. Right. Um, right. And so I don't. I, I here's my thing. I've never been a big believer in Spencer Rattler. Like, I'm just going to be honest with you. I've never been a big Spencer Rattler guy. I think he came on at the end of last year and and gave South Carolina fans yep. hope. And then he came back at the end, next season. They're like, oh, he's going to be that guy. He was, I was like, yeah, you, y'all mm-hmm. forgot how he was the rest of that season, how he was every year before he got there. And you're just kind of erasing that from your memory because he closed the season good. Um, I don't know why people are buying South Carolina so hard right now, but okay. No idea. Um, they lost their go-to guy. Kentucky too. You lose Cavace Smoke to Colorado. Your, your star running back, he's gone to the draft. Um, I mean, yeah, you're bringing in uh, Nick Larry or Larry, whatever. But Kevin Larry, yeah. Kevin Larry. So, but what are you bringing in? What did, what did Kentucky bring in that's supposed to I, listen, I, I haven't paid enough attention to what Kentucky's been doing this offseason to be able to know for definitively what they're doing. But um, I just Kentucky is just one of those teams that, to me, feels like they come into every season being the most blah team. Like, you're never excited about them, but you're never, like, super down on them. You're just like, okay, there's Kentucky. They might do. They well, I might, mean, we're talking know. about that now, but like 10 years ago, it was like Kentucky's an easy win. You are. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Kentucky's oh, definitely yeah. in a different place. They were definitely Vanderbilt on your schedule. They were yeah. where Missouri is right now on your schedule where you're like, you're, you're basically breezing by that game and chalking up a W. But now they're a team where it's like, okay, they might sneak a couple of people this year. But yeah. I, I mean, six and a half is probably a good place for them to be. I'm looking at Kentucky's schedule right now. They're going to open up 4-0. They got Ball State, Eastern Kentucky, Akron, and Vanderbilt. So they're going to open up 4-0. And then they play at home against Florida. That, that's going to be – look, Kenny, I know you're shaking your head. Look, I know you're saying L, da 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 That's going to be the defining game. I'll tell you right now because we're going to do this show throughout the year. This is going to be the defining game for both those programs. Is that fifth week, Florida and yeah. Kentucky? One of those schools is going to rise, and one of those schools is going to fall. It's, that's that's where it's going to go, right there. Mm. Yeah, I think Florida will come into that game knowing who they are a little bit better than Kentucky at that point in the season, uh, just because Mertz? they'll have played somebody already. But uh, Graham Mertz? I'm, I'm not saying they're a better team. I'm just saying that they will have understood what they are definitively. So they will have had an opportunity to try it out against some real competition and pivot off of it if it didn't look like what they thought it was going to be. Yeah, I don't you, know yeah, that Kentucky yeah. at that point in the season will have had figured that out. True, true. Because Florida's going to have to play against Utah, which is going to be a loss. But right. oh, <laughs> I don't know about that. Hey, listen, I'm not predicting a loss. But they, will ha- but they will have had a big game at that point in time in the season right, already. Right. Kentucky won't have played anybody. anybody. So they're going to be coming in feeling all cocky. Oh, man, we're undefeated, you know, walking in here. We're at home. We're getting Florida. They're going to be cocky. 
in but they're game. also going to be four zero, and it's going to be a, a home game in week five. That's probably because isn't isn't they're going to be. That's why I say they're going to be cocky. They're going to be saying, undefeated with a home ga- home game. Yeah, isn't First ESPN taking over this year? It's not CBS anymore, right? Uh, yes, I believe this is the first year of the ESPN deal. Yeah, so so these will all be instead of three thirty games. I, I I don't know. Have we heard? I guess we'll hear about that at spring media days coming up in a couple of weeks. Like, mm-hmm. um, I'm assuming, and you know what assuming does, but I'm assuming that ESPN wants these as night games, as seven o'clock games. That would be my guess. So this might be one of the first uh, ESPN seven o'clock games would be, or first ESPN primetime games. I don't know what time they're going to go. Right. Right. Um, yeah. But I would assume that that they want that at seven, uh, especially so if both teams are. I mean, what what other games are going on that week? I have no. That's idea. what I'm saying. Week five is week five is not. There's not much going on in week five. So like, okay. you know, you're you're not seeing. Both teams are winning. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're not. Like, seeing I expect to beat Utah because, you know, we got we have we finally have some SEC caliber defensive linemen, um, on all four spots and uh. I think that's the week. I think what people saw against Florida last year with people running the ball on Florida, you're not going to see it this year. I don't think. I don't think you're going to see the miscommunication between the DBs because Corey Raymond has the corners and the safeties now. Um, the linebackers. I mean, if there's any question mark, it's probably the linebackers. Like, who's going to be the guy? I know Shamar James is there. You got Taraji Mitchell from Ohio State. You also got the kid from Michigan. Um, you know, we got Derek Wing. Like it's guys with names, but it's just gonna be interesting to see what they do. Because I know that our edge guys, they're gonna get busy. Like, you know, I ain't worried about them. I I I you know what? I'm I'm so looking forward to this season, man. I really am looking forward to this season. Um yep, for sure. But uh I mean as far as far as like so going back to to Auburn's schedule, like I think we could get to seven wins. You know, we're gonna start off the season with Cal, you know, you get Cal early. I don't. I, I, I'm not going to pretend to know what what Cal is as far as a, a team, but I think that Auburn can start off three and zero. But then week four, Texas A and M. That's going to be an interesting <laughs> game. It's at College Station, and uh, Texas A and M is a team that I think is going to be sneaky good this year. They've got way too much talent. The question yeah. is going to be whether or not that team has figured out their offensive identity by that point in time. And because there's not going to be a ton of film on them against anybody that's worth anything before that Auburn game uh, and vice versa, that's going to be a very interesting game on that Auburn schedule there in week four. So we'll, we'll see what happens, but that's kind of a toss up situation for me right now. If I were just counting automatic L's on the schedule, I just don't think that we've got enough to beat Georgia. Um, I never put Bama down as an automatic L, even though I think that they're a better program right now, just because of the way that game plays out in Jordan Hare, and it's going to be a Jordan Hare this year. So I won't put that as an automatic L. I I think that LSU year two under Brian Kelly is going to be ridiculous. So and and yeah. then that game is at Death Valley. I I would put that as an L right now. Th- those are really the only two games that I'm looking at, where I'm like, I don't know if we have a shot in those two games. Outside of that, I I would give Auburn a shot in every other game, ex- including the Iron Bowl, again, just because it's at home. And I am looking at that Bama quarterback situation and saying, I don't know that any of those guys are worth anything. Um, and they're going to have to prove that 
one, two, three, whatever combination of running backs that they have can actually be a formidable enough run game to be able to produce in lieu of the quarterback not being great. They'll have they'll have had time to figure it out by the end of the season. We'll see. Um, but that's going to be an interesting game. So like, I, I've only got two automatic L's and then a bunch of, I don't know, with Texas A&M, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, not super scared of them. Um, shouldn't have a problem with Vandy, right? So I think we could get to seven, eight wins um, tentatively right now without knowing what our offense looks like. Um, but I take the over for Auburn right now. There you go. You heard it here first. Put it in. Lock it in with uh, Kenny's Kenny's uh, five and a half. Make a little parlay action out of it. Hey man, you better you five and a half. You better take that bet. Mm. So okay, so who is looking at this one last time? The most likely to hit the under? You think? I mean, I think George is crazy to have 11 and a half, uh, but what, outside of the, the insanity of having 11 and a half wins on there for Georgia, who is the most likely? I think Bama, man. Yeah. 10 and a half? 10 and a you half think? for Bama or, or Tennessee at nine and a half. Um, yeah. I, so I you, think two, two L's on Bama's schedule, you, you think? Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Um, and then also, if we're looking at an over, LSU at nine and a half might be like, I can see them getting 10 I wins. I can get them to 10. Yeah, I can see LSU. Yeah, I, I can get them to 10 wins. I'll go look at our schedule. I can get them to 10 wins right now. Yeah. I don't uh, know that many people are going to score many points against those guys. Yeah. That's LSU, <laughs> look, man, I know we made fun of him because he talked about my family and all that shit. But, <laughs> but Brian Kelly, man, that dude can coach. And yeah. Harold Perkins is a freak. And Jaden Daniels is a freak. And, yeah. and the wide receivers they got, Malik Neighbors and all those dudes, man, like they're gonna be ready, uh, yeah. and LSU LSU over nine and a half to me would be the one over I would look at and say yeah I feel confident with that. Those six and a half teams, I mean you're you're throwing a you kind of throwing a dart right. All those teams or Auburn, Mississippi State, all those, and then the seven and a half teams, Arkansas seven and a half is kind of crazy, but KJ Jefferson's coming back right. So yeah, you, but you never know. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, but look, that's that's probably the one oh, team. Hold on, me. wait. wait. Ole Miss at seven and a half is interesting to me. Oh, let's run through that real quick. Let's let's look at their schedule real fast. Um, I don't know. I they're going to score points, but I don't know if it's going to be. They're going to put up yardage. Are they going to score points? Is a difference. Well, this question. All right, because, so we got to we got to get to <laughs> we got to get to seven. And we got to get to eight right here. Yeah. Um. So Mercer, yes. Yeah. Tulane at Tulane. They should win that they game. Should. They should. I think that team was going. That game's going to be tougher than people think it will be. So we'll get. So we'll give it to Ole Miss. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Georgia Tech at home. We'll get we'll Ole Miss. Yeah. Yeah. Then I don't they, think Georgia Tech's going to be. Then they play Bama at Bama. Nah. Then LSU comes to town. Nah. Then Arkansas comes to town. Ooh, is Ole Miss going to be able to stop the run next year? They were not able to do it last year. Arkansas is still going to have – I'm going to put that as an L. I think they're at three and three already. Right, so we're th- we got three wins. Uh, then Ole Miss goes to Auburn. I'm, I'm thinking Auburn can win that game, but uh, mm. I, 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 I wouldn't for, – for the sake of this argument, I'm going to actually give Ole Miss the W on that one. Yeah, yeah. out of Arkansas and, and Auburn, I'd give them one of those, right? right? So we're at four. Then they got Vandy, so five. Five, yeah. A&M coming to the SIP. I just don't know. I don't know, man. man. That's going to be... That's like 
eight games into the season, nine games into the season at that point in time. Mm-hmm. I think Texas A&M will have it figured out by then. I'm going to put that as an L. All right, so we got five still. Then they go to Georgia. That's a loss. No. Then they got Louisiana Monroe at home, so that's a win. So it's six. Six. Okay. And then you got Mississippi State Egg Bowl at the end of the year. Ooh. It really might come down to the yeah. egg bowl for them. Yeah. But 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 the but it's seven and a half. Their their line's seven and a half. So that's under no matter what. Oh no, that'd be yeah. the under. Yeah. No. It's the under no matter what. Ooh. Yeah. I don't know if they get to eight wins this season, man. You'd have to wait. Maybe, 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 maybe. He better oh, he better do something coming at my coach like that. <laughs> look. So okay, for the, so for like, like, let's think about this. The the L's that we gave them, right? So we're talking about we we split Auburn, Arkansas, like so, they'd have to win both of those, and then right. they'd have they to, to sneak Bama or A and M or Georgia. Texas A and M might be the only other Georgia. spot I could see them. Maybe <laughs> they're not beating Georgia. They're not beating. I just, Lane Kiffin for whatever reason loses his mind in that Bama game every single year and does something absolutely asinine to screw them. Um, but they're playing they're at beat. Bama. They're yeah, they're not Bama. winning that game. I just can't see him beating LSU. And then, but here's the thing: you got Alabama, and then no off week, and then you got LSU coming to you right after no. you get handed by by Alabama. They're they're gonna get they're gonna get skull drug back to back weeks. Boy. Yeah, I don't think they get to eight. I don't think so either. I don't think so either. Ooh, that's rough, Lane. The lane train might come to a screeching halt. They just oh, paid this man a ridiculous amount of money to get seven to, wins. to win seven games. Mm. <laughs> Hey, he better the people. He better do something because the way he's coming at my coach after that spring game, I ain't like it. So he better. Uh, yeah, he definitely was trolling your boy Billy a little bit. Which, wh- like, why? Like, what of all the places for him to start trolling? Why Florida? I think he's still hurt that we ain't giving that call, man. <laughs> that I is, think he's still hurt. That is so interesting, man. All right, so we'll see, man. Uh, real early betting lines for you guys here on uh, the A Man Corner. Yeah, you get a little some you get a little some of everything when you tune into the Amen Corner, man. Been good. Yep. All right. But let's get out of here, man. I appreciate you guys for listening. We are always going to be giving you the best content out here on these podcast waves. Let's start down there with the ever hopeful <laughs> Kenny B. Tell them how they can keep up with what you got <laughs> going on and and hear about Florida smashing out 8 to 9 wins next season, man. Indeed, you heard it here first. I don't lie. I keep it real, man. <laughs> I keep it real. Uh, but follow me, um, Twitter, T2T underscore uh, KB2, um, toe-to-toe sports. We live every Saturday morning. Um, yeah, tune in, man. And as the season starts ramming, getting closer, I'm getting more active. People won't start getting mad, and I live for it. So tune in. Two time back to back talking about three peats. Paul, tell them where they uh, can find you. At podcast P, tell them what's hey, yeah, up. Podcast check, P. check out Podcast P, man. Uh, we're we're on ujsports.com. We're over on uh, Georgia football on YouTube. We got a Sunday show we're doing, uh, bringing you the best Georgia football content out there. And uh, you can find, follow me on Twitter at P Meharry, M A H A R R Y Ike. Let the people know, man. Yeah, man. It is your man, Ike Jones, with The War Report. You can hit us up anywhere where you can find Auburn content. Uh, it's War Report. YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all those places where there. I am tweeting at TWR Ike Jones. We are out of here. We appreciate you guys locking in with the Amen Corner. Until next time, we'll holla at you. Peace! Peace!